Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Put my shut up and welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm confused. And today we're going to be talking about Brian the Lion. Mm, clearly a ripoff of Lionheart. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. Um, but we did get some feedback from last week, Aaron. Oh, sweet lord. Okay, let me hear it. This is from uh, Erky On. Who? Erky On. Mm-hmm. We've talked to him before. Yeah, he's, he says, a few episodes back, you were briefly discussing Quake on the Amiga. Just wanted to let you know that there is an official commercial Quake port, commercial Quake port for the Amiga from 1998. Uh, were you aware of that? I saw this. I actually saw that when it came in, and no. I was stunned, puzzled, confused. However, it needs an AGA, of course, and an 060 to be playable. Mm. Not too many of those walking around on the street Still, these days. Still, I wouldn't mind trying on the old emulator. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Quake, uh, eh? There's, there's also an official commercial Quake 2 port from a bit later, from 2002. Hey, is insane. Commercial? Yeah. Who'd they sell these to? Boy, who was who was buying Amiga software in two thousand two? Maybe those guys that bought the real expensive towers. They know, were they man. were behind that, that. Bonkers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and he concludes with, uh, "There's this guy Novacoder. He's <laughs> he's made some optimized ports for AGA for both of them. So, hmm. if you are a FPS guy and you want to get your Quake." On you can do so without leaving the comfort of your own Amiga. I thought Quake was pretty good by when it came out. I've never played Quake. You played Doom, right? I played you Doom. Played Doom too. Yep. Quake I, is like Doom, except you can look up and down. Right. That's what, it That's what people say. And then I guess the next big one was Descent. Is that right? Then when people went went nuts over. Descent. Mm-hmm. I thought Descent was that uh, three dimensional like. Uh, 3D ship combat game where you flew underground. I think that is it. Is oh, that, okay. Is it, well, that's got nothing to do with Quake and stuff. Oh, okay. I don't know why I connected Unreal, those in my mind. That was one that came out. Right. Unreal. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal I used to, tournament. What that Descent Free Space, the space like operatic space shooter. That was, mm-hmm. that was a pretty cool game. That's sort of like cool. it. Sort of like took a. Sort of Wing Commandery, mm-hmm. you know. I used to play that on a PC. I thought it was a lot of fun. This is completely off off a topic, but yeah. But that scent was made me sick. It was it was realistic. If you remember that, yeah. Well, the, I've seen some footage of it, and you're. It's definitely because you don't have a horizon. You know, you're yeah. just floating it's out there. Crazy time, yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you, Erky, for writing in. As always, if you have any feedback for us, you know, leave us a comment in the YouTube or send me an email at johnamigospodcast.com and uh, Telegram. Tell us how it is, Aaron. You told me before we started the show that this week was another hard hitter as turn in terms of the amount of Amiga news out there. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. there was so much news, you, you couldn't believe it. And then last week, after I said, man, look at all this news. Last week, nothing. We lost it. it. Sort of made me look like a jerk. <laughs> well, this week, the news is back. You and no it, longer look like a jerk. There's a t- thank God, finally. <laughs> it's a ton of news. So I'm going to squint blindly at the Gambletron 2000 here and try to re-go over some of this news. All right. So right out of the gate, uh, and this barely missed the cut last week, our own good buddy, Pixels at Dawn, has, uh, uh, has an article up here, Boxing Clever, the best of Amiga box art. Do you remember when we talked about box art a while back? We did. Or, we had a big poll and everything. Yeah. Box art, which you know, we honestly we should go into box art more when we cover these games. I've thought about that. I before. thought you meant as a business, we should go. We into should it. just sell boxes. I we mean, should just we, sell ourselves as money. sell ourselves as models to put on box art. Really? Yeah. Which which box of all the box art you've seen, which one would you want to be on? Oh, probably. Um, oh, what was that one with Curly, the 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 potato chip guy? Oh man, Quavers. that's the one. <laughs> I'd want to be on the cover of like Leisure Suit Larry. Oh yeah, because I can Larry's see you on there, be bopping around. around. Yeah. Him, yeah. Anyway, uh, box art—it's awesome. And we, sometime in the future, we may take a hard, close look at the box. We never do. We never, it's funny on, on ARG, Brent always had the box art set in there, mm-hmm. and then we still don't talk about it. So I don't know what that means. But anyway, it's a—it's good, good stuff, good stuff. Um, we've got a couple Dreamcatch articles to talk about. Um, and our video in this case, uh, 
Did you look at this video he did here on Spodland? No. This was a this was a game that came from an Amiga Power game design contest. And I, I, my kid came in while I was watching this video. Uh oh. Uh oh. And I had to. <laughs> He was like, what is this? what's going on here, Dad? I was just like, I, I don't know. Was it a flashback when your mom entered your room without warning in no, your teenage no. years? One of those situations? My kids used to me watching the weird, goofy stuff or, you know, so they was just, <laughs> and I didn't even try to explain it. I'm like, well, you know, it's just some stuff, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but uh, it's Dreamcast, Dreamcatcher, he's the man, all, as you know. And this game, I like the idea of a game made, uh, that came out of a puzzle. That right there, the picture just popped up on the screen. Luke saw that. And he asked me if, if for you at home, listen to the podcast. It's a it's a woman, sort of, kind of holding a like a it's a in a in a bikini holding one of those like racing lap cards. Mm -hmm. And that, he was like, "Is that a girl?" And I was like, "I don't know." I Hard to is. tell. Hard to tell. Could have been one of those streets of rage situations it where been. you think it, it is, been. but it's not. So this, I thought this was interesting. I saw this a couple of places that we uh, picks the dawn shot it over to us. Uh, for the beloved folks, that, uh, the, the beloved game Cannon Fodder, mm -hmm. uh, if you've got a modded Switch, you know, Nintendo Switch, you don't have a Nintendo Switch, do you? I do not. I was mentioning on the Discord, I think I'm the only one on the Discord that even doesn't have I a Switch. Even I have one. Yeah. One of these days, I might even pick it up and use it. My kid <laughs> loves it. Anyway, if you've, if you've had the guts, the determination, the grit, the stomach to go and mod your Switch, you can play Cannon Fodder on it. And apparently, it runs great. So... If that's your bag, you know. And I believe that it is totally legal to run cannon fodder. I think that was one one of the classic media titles that has been made open source. You know, the funny thing about, you know, now, again, I've not, believe it or not, I have not modded the kid's Switch. I figure I'm not going to fool with the kid's Switch until he's done playing. Like, in a couple of years when the Switch, when Super Duper Switch 2000 comes out, mm -hmm. and the other Switch is just hanging, I'll go and screw with yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I've been told and I've read that it's an excellent uh, portable emulation device. But then again, what isn't? True. Everything you've got in your house, including your toaster, is an excellent. Although apparently it'll, it'll run like stuff that a lot of it won't run well. It should. It's pretty yeah. top of the line hardware. It so. should. Now the, these articles, well, where did these come from? Boat. They just sprung up. All right. So if you go to team17.com. You know who that is. I do know who that is. Uh, they have a list going of their Team 17's 100 games. And if you look at part one and two, it's Amiga Rama, running run, run wild, running amok. Uh, I think they go down through uh, the top 10 and then the next 10, I believe. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to look through all these. This just I just saw this today before I came over here. I was like, holy smokes, this looks great. They've got cooler animated GIFs of everything. They, they've spent some time putting yeah. this together, man. Yeah. So I've got links to the first one and the second one uh, uh, that they've been releasing. The second one just came out, I believe, just came out today, part two. So if you're into the Team 17 games... And who's not? I mean, hey. I mean, you know what? Speaking of Team 17, actually, this is a, side, a little sidetrack here. Me and the kid, you know, I'm, I always liked worms, all right? And uh, but I've always hated the 3D worms. Mm -hmm. right? It's never worked. I never liked it. So me and the kid were looking for new games to play on Steam, and I happen to have a copy of uh, Worms Ultimate Mayhem. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Have you ever played this? I have it too, but I don't think I've played it. It's a three-dimensional worms game. And let me tell you something. It actually works. Really? They finally got it right. Now this thing's several years old, mm -hmm. uh, but it's. The first 3D worms that I have fun playing that is playable, that I know what's going on, they've got they've ironed out all the crap. It's fun. Another game we've started playing is another older game, and this sounds ludicrous. And I remember trying this one time and thinking this is garbage. Again, Team Seventeen, Worms Golf. Have you ever played Worms Golf? Worms Golf actually a good title. It's I it's, enjoy it's it. Dumb and stupid, yeah. and it's ultra simple, but mm -hmm. it's fun. It's it screams like play this on a cell phone. It's yeah, like, but I mean we got it on a PC. The one game that I think does not hold up is the Worms Pinball. I I remember trying that a while back, but I don't remember much. Doesn't it, it. it runs at a very low resolution? Yeah. and it's just it's not very good. It makes me happy that Team Seventeen is still uh, romping and stomping mm -hmm. after all these years. Yeah. thank God they're still. And we'll talk about another Amiga developer later that's still romping and stomping. Let's say there's. Some of the good ones are still around, so that's always thought that was kind of cool. Um, another article from the man, the Dreamcatcher. Again, another one I just saw pop up. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Om nom nom nom. <laughs> I think that's how you do it. It's Cookie 
which I, it, I, I've never heard of this, uh, as usual. I never hear any of the stuff he digs up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dreamcatcher is, is, is one to dig beyond the surface. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and this, he goes into, as usual, into mega in-depth on this. I, I've, I have never heard of this game. You know, this uh, we're looking at the manual here, and yeah. this, is, this is definitely a, a British thing to do to make alliterative names. You got your chunky chocolate, your crafty cheese, your kernel custard. In Brian the Lion, it's the same thing. Birdie the bird. Yeah. England loves that crap. Well, uh, <laughs> what can I say? It's, 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 it's cute. It's fun. Uh, but this looks interesting. Uh, we, it's another we have to get, have a look at, Boat. Uh, cookie. It, uh, it, looks like, it looks like a simplistic uh, sort of a gimmick. But I, honestly, I, I, this just, I just saw this right before we came over, so I haven't got to read it yet. But I, I'm definitely going to Well, I'm usually a fan of food-based classic games. I know you games. are. When I saw this, I was like, oh, there's one you know, for the boat. Burger time, food fight, sign me up. So. Uh, I saw a couple people point this one out to me. Our, our good buddy... Over at the Retro Man Cave mm-hmm. is uh, restoring an Amiga fifteen hundred, the uh, sort of goofy, one of the goofy offshoots of the right. Amiga family. This was a, uh, I think this was the one that was only sold in England, correct? Uh, well, everything's like that, isn't it? That's so true. That's true. Why? But uh, this thing looks good and yell it up and, and beat down. Mm-hmm. I've seen it really go after. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff. there's a lot of these videos on YouTube. Um, you know, I know eight bit guys done some restrictions. Yeah. Retro Man Cave is hands down my favorite. The way that he films these, I think his camera angles and stuff are always the best. I always get the most out of watching these out of all the different guys that do the restore videos. If you haven't seen this guy yet, check him out. He's got a. Uh, it's amazing to me. And I, just to name a couple guys, and he, he's great. And, and of course, I'm I'm a fan of Kim Justice. Well, it's amazing these documentary style eight bit guys. I, I mean, these are not like filmmakers. These are, I, I was one would assume. Of course, I was wrong. The only the only exception being yeah, Megan Bill, who actually is a filmmaker. I mean, uh, uh, and man, filming stuff's hard. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of work going into it. You know, and so I yeah, and and just the, the build. I mean, we do the show every week. All right, we just we show up, we do our some research, we play our games, we come in and chat. You know, it's not. I mean, it's not like you're making a documentary right. or something. You know, I don't know how these people how they even have the time. Mm-hmm. That, that football thing I shot, just getting all the games together, making sure they work. So that took for that took hours and hours. I was like, man, this is a tough. And this is nothing compared mm-hmm. to what those guys do. So hats off, hats yeah. off to these guys. Um, now we had a couple games, a couple things pop up in any retro news. We can always check. Out that, so I love it. Um, you know these endless run games? They're very popular. That's right. We've got to have one of these on the, on the Amiga. So someone has, I believe this thing's written in Blitz Basic, uh, has done Dino Run. Uh, basically, uh, you, you're a dinosaur, you are jumping over Oh, I'm on the wrong news story. I'm yeah, doing that's track another runner. one. Yeah, yeah, we, that, we're going to cover that one in a minute. Okay. Yeah. This is Dino Run. Uh, it's a, uh, it looks just like one of those, like, run, yeah, that's it, but. Uh, it just looks like one of these gimmicks where you run and jump over stuff. That's basically what it is. Right. Uh, Endless runner. Yeah. Now, I have, are you into this stuff at all? You know, I've played a little bit of Jetpack Joyride on the iPhone, but I've never really played one of these games on a computer or it's console. It's sort of like the Flappy Bird kind mm-hmm. of phenomenon. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't played this, but I didn't like Flappy Bird that much. Uh, I, 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 can't, I don't, What is the... I don't know. I guess the appeal is just off long and good endurance. Maybe that- yeah, to me, the appeal of this is you're waiting in line at the supermarket and you want something to pass oh, the time. Well, there you go. So, you know, playing this kind of a game on a console, not for me, but hey, if you like it, well, I think it, it was like a program it says, too. Like, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure it says it was written in Blitz. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, now, we're going to move on to our buddy Earrock. Yeah. This, and his crew. Did these guys ever stop? <laughs> I didn't even write. There was so much stuff in this post on any retros. I just kind of said, go read the post. They've got a new version of the uh, of the, of the uh, uh, beer multiplayer compilation for September. I don't know if this is going to be a, a, a monthly thing. Uh, he's got a, a thing for racing. He's got all kinds of stuff for your CD32. They've compiled the crap out of stuff. So if... You've got a CD32. This is your golden age. You can go get these discs. You're good to go. I really want to play Flip It and Magnos. Oh, boy. That's a that's a, like a cop duo. Yeah. Like they, had one, they had a pilot episode. That's it. Now, 
I think we may have mentioned this guy a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to toss in one more time. Uh, the 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned this before. I think, I think this did. is this this might be the first time, or maybe we did. Maybe, I think we talked about him last week. We'll give him one more yeah, plug. Because I, 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 we were talking to Discord, and, and this guy's gimmick is he's going to have these things where you can watch him on the Amiga. Right. Which is, he's going to compress them down to MPEG-1. That's hardcore. So, yeah. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Here's another guy who does a lot. For 10 minutes, he goes gets in there and gets it done. So mm-hmm. I'm always down with that. And speaking of shows and podcasts, just a couple quick shout-outs. Uh, we got a nice uh, mention over on Pixel Gaiden, which I just finished listening to their third episode today, which I, this is my favorite of the bunch. Uh, they've got, it's sort of like a um, retro gaming roundup. They've sort of got these like segment, different little segments on this long show, which I enjoyed. Uh, I've never heard a good chunk of what the hell they're talking about, but uh, you'll learn some stuff on there about what about some stuff. Those guys are amusing, uh, amusing uh, cats. Uh, and also, of course, I'll, since we're throwing around the love, always got to talk about uh, Lefarious over to Migrama. I think this week he's just done Shadow of the Beast, I believe, is what's, which is ironic. Which I'll get into that in a moment, but uh, uh, Lafarius' show I always enjoyed it quite a bit as well. So if you if there's you know we're living, I was thinking this is a golden age of like just Amiga media because mm-hmm. you've got like guys like Retro Man Cave uh, covering it uh, in in like doing these restorations. You've got Amiga Love, the forums and the guy over there that's all in doing that stuff. And uh, speaking of Amiga Love, uh, I just saw that this just just came across the wire. Yeah. Hot off, um, hot off the press. This guy Matthew Lehman on Facebook. He's posted. Uh, he this has arrived. Commodore: The Inside Story by David John Pleasance. Oh, it's it's um, it's. You mean it's in someone's hand? It's in someone's hands. Holy smoke! It's been a long time yeah. coming. And of course, there's all the surrounding drama of why he got it and not other people got it, and people that kickstarted it haven't got it. And oh, there's it, you know it was posted on an Amiga forum, so everyone started fighting immediately, which is how you do things if you're in the Amiga community outside can't, of this can't show. Can't we be nice? Yeah. So yeah, we, we got, it's all, we'll all get this. But I'm actually. telling you, man, I'm going to read, this gonna read the heck out of this. This is the kind of stuff that I like. I'm less interested in hearing about the, the programmers and their lives and their bedrooms and stuff like that. I'm more interested in the hard-hitting business antics of Commodore and why they crashed and burned. We talked to Mr. Pleasance, if you haven't heard uh, the interview, uh, and uh, he, he was a nice enough guy, uh, but he definitely did a scoop, and he was uh, he didn't really... He was a pleasant guy, but he didn't put any punches. You know, he, he, uh, uh, and we were not, I mean, I could, at least I could say personally, we're not being, uh, <laughs> we weren't really throwing a lot of hardball questions. That's either. right. We were, because it's, it's a lot, you know, we were kind of new. I, listen, I'm not an interview guy. Boat has become a great interview guy, but I'm just sort of like, uh, the human anchor <laughs> over there. And I think I upset Mr. Pleasant at one point. I didn't mean to. I would just ask him a question. Uh, but uh, uh, this book has been uh, what well, people have been waiting on this one. I, it should be interesting to see what he has to say. Absolutely. And if there's anything new in there. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, one he, thing he, Pleasance has done is like 400 trillion interviews. Right, you know, right. Everywhere. And he did tease that there were some things that have never been told oh, that will go in you there. You tease that, don't and, you? Uh, and so, yeah. If you have read it, if you if it's in your hands right now, please leave us a comment and let us know yeah, what yeah, you think yeah. about I'm it. I'm sure some of some of the Discord people or some other people are, are probably, if they don't have it, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is another thing I pulled off any retro news. It's it's amazing. Uh, this is a game called Tra- it's a Trap Runner, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a it's a, a free game. Now they say this is the party edition, which may, which they sort of say like you know there could be some rough edges in there or whatnot. But hey, you know, kind of cool. Uh, I liked it. You know, I, I look at any records and, and like the ZX Spectrum and the, and the C64. The answers are getting all this homebrew stuff, and I'm like, man, I wish we could get some of this sweet action. Yeah, we're getting some. Mm-hmm. Okay, since we we even played a, a, an indie game, uh, and it was great, you know, a couple weeks ago. But man, I, I, the Amiga's got so much potential. You could go bananas with some of this stuff. Absolutely, it would be awesome to see. And, I don't, and there's speculation as to why there's not that much, but hopefully. With the uh, with the resurgence of the hardware side of it and stuff, it'd be nice to see some a lot more action. It'd be kind of cool. So, so if, this would be something interesting to try out. Just a couple more things here. Uh, I'm a big fan of a, of this guy's channel, uh, Laird's Lair. Uh, I, I've actually uh, looked at his, watched a lot of his stuff, plugs, pick like uh, grab stuff off of it, and, and he does really good videos. And he's got a new one up: 100 AGA Amiga games in. in uh, one hour. And I love these videos because you can just sort of put them in the background while you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you occasionally look up and go, oh, 
Yeah. So he does a good job. Oh, uh, uh, another guy, again, this is a guy who's, you, you think to yourself, oh, he's just putting together some videos. But this stuff, it's tough to put those videos together, man. Uh, you know, Brutal Barracuda put some, some of those things together. You don't just sit down and, like, 10 minutes later, you produce an hour of video or no. 25 minutes. It's a whole day's work to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, man. Uh, and there's one more thing. I didn't link this, but I want to mention it because I'm looking into it. But one of the articles I read on uh, Indie Retro News was about this uh, text adventure generation software that had just been dug up. And apparently this has been written years ago and just sort of shelved and lost. And they've dug it up, and it's multi-platform. And they say it's as powerful as anything that was made by Infocom. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's apparently it's incredible. Uh, and uh, I guess you can get it for free. So if you're into like text adventures or something like this, like light graphical text adventures, uh, if that's your bag, head on over to Andy Retro News and check check that out because that looked like it might be. I, I didn't get to read it, so I didn't link it. But if it looks like something good, I'll throw it in there. Cool, cool. Um, just a few things on the site news. We've mentioned of course a couple of. Uh, Dreamcatchers uh, stuff. Uh, we had, uh, in case you missed last week, we did a, a, a sort of a paranormal paranormal slant on Insert Disc Two, which is timely because literally as of the as of the uh, making of this episode, that tomorrow I will be heading to Mothman, the mysterious, oh, yeah. the mysterious Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to to watch the yearly. Freak show unfold <laughs> to encounter the freaks, man, and Mothman I, and, as well. And, and, and I, I rank myself amongst their number. Uh, my, those are my people. Um, you know, uh, in America, American football season fully got underway last Sunday. And Should we break down our fantasy teams? I'm sure the audience would love. Well, yours team. broke down. <laughs> I, I will say that I. I put the boots to boat, but he it was did. his own he fault. Did. He started the wrong guys, and he would have crushed me. If he I went for. The right I, I made the mistake of starting someone from the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. the worst yeah, team I of the know, century. I know they're not the worst. <laughs> not while the Bills are walking around. <laughs> but uh, anyway, if you're interested in, in American football, I did sort of a rundown of almost every Amiga football game. There were actually a couple I didn't get to uh, because I didn't have them. Believe it or not, uh, and one was that a CD32 football. I didn't have a, a copy of that, so. I may have to do an, uh, uh, an addendum or something. But if you want to see me uh, uh, tip back some Jägermeister and play all your favorite football games, th- this this is the show for you. Uh, and we had a good time. I actually live-streamed it. There was actually some people showed up. All yeah, the time. I watched it for a while. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Um, and I, see, people have suggested that, I do a, that me or maybe me and you or maybe just you do a rundown of different genres of sports. We might have to do one for, like, soccer sometime and, and someone wanted baseball yeah. which I know we're both big baseball yeah fans. I would love to do that and there's not a ton of look there's not that many baseball games like soccer good lord you take you a long time to get through all those mm-hmm. baseball might be kind of fun to get through yeah we should definitely do that so but uh, so that was fun to, that was fun to do I don't get to do that much stuff anymore with my schedule but I'm hoping to free up a little bit and, and finally uh, last and certainly least on ARG Presents this week me and Brent uh, we did games on the uh on the Super Nintendo, uh, and the uh, uh, games we chose this week were Brent chose Uniracers, which is a game I literally only heard of in passing, and I took on Killer Instinct. Yeah, and I, I was surprised by the amount of feedback we got of people that were real fans of Uniracers. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, guys, uh, people love that emails game. about that, and I was surprised. Uh, and and uh, Killer Instinct, I always like I said, I, I like it okay. I like the way it looks more than I do the way it plays. But I really like the soundtrack more than anything else. We had a, we had a lot of fun. But this week, screw the Super Nintendo. <laughs> this week, in fact, going to we'll be taping this over the weekend. I'm so excited. I've never been this excited about anything we've ever done on Energy Presents. We will be filming the Action Max episode. So if you want to see what the Action Max is all about, I've been looking all week. I've been boning up on Action Max. Action Max and Brian the Lion. It's all I've, I've eat, drink, and sleep, these games, or these systems. So it should be a lot of fun. So that'll be coming out in a, in a, in a couple, in a, I guess, next week. So there you go. I think that, that sums up the news. Did I miss anything? I don't think you missed anything. You know, if I may, before we start the, the, the main job of the show, we don't do this too much. We usually talk about stuff on Insert Disc 2 or whatever. But I did hear today that the... Uh, um, uh, C64 Mini will be getting an American release, I believe, in October. 
And they also said that the, the American version will have different games on it. Any interest from you? Absolutely not. Not your bag? No. Nothing. Uh, do, do you like any of these minis? Yes. I, mean, I know, obviously, the Super Nintendo and Nintendo, but I mean, any non... What about the Neo Geo? No. What about this new, the Intellivision one, the Tommy no. Color Rico? No. Because half of the reason why I like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo minis is the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like... Now, that said... If they do the Intellivision one right, and it has the special controller, and we have to have that, you know, yeah. um, well, you and it say would have that. To come with the, it would, the, if you want to get that one over, I'm with you. Of all the ones that have came out, that's the one I'd be the most interested in because it doesn't emulate. Well. Yeah. Now, if they made like I remember somebody on Discord was talking about how there was a rumor that the next C64 Mini is going to be bigger and include a full keyboard. That was that's the well. They've always said that after they sell the Mini, they're mm-hmm. going to sell that one. I would be interested in that in the right pl- price point because I found that sometimes emulating the C64 is difficult because the keys on the C64 keyboard are much different than the keys on a modern Windows keyboard. Take it from me, I've got that. Um, Retro Pie stuck in a C64 mm-hmm. with the keyboard. The keyboard's crap. Mm-hmm. I hate the keyboard. I mean, it feels like it's going to be great. It's right. not. Yeah. And those keys are goofy. They've mm-hmm. got the biggest... I mean, for the C64, it was great. But they are goofy. And, and while it works great for the C64, everything else, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Anything else I want to emulate on the C64 uh, that I've got. But the the Intellivision, what I'd like to see one... The, thing I didn't, the reason I didn't pull the trigger on the last Intellivision home system was because it didn't have the overlay. It mm-hmm. had some... But you really need to have the, every game included on it should have the overlay. Yeah, they're plastic. They're cheap. Wouldn't cost you anything. You need, I mean, you need them for mm-hmm. a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get away with it on the ColecoVision. You know, you don't have to have that stuff. But so Neo Geo, nothing there. No, it's no. decorative. It's yeah. It looks. It looks. Not, I mean, at the right price, yeah. fifty bucks, I'd buy one and put it on oh, the shelf. Not gonna be that cheap. But no, that. no. So they're gonna be at least sixty nine bucks. And, and um, you know, I just don't have that emotional connection with the Neo Geo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay, I'm gonna get crazy here. What? If, and this is never gonna happen, right? What about a system you've literally have no experience with, like the SD one thousand? Bam! This is the way you play all the SD one thousand games easy, I, or an Amstrad. That I would be into. Right? I would be See, way into I, that. I, I know. I know how to get you. <laughs> what if they had a Sega Master System Mini? Probably so. Okay. I might be into so, that. So yeah. It's just a matter. Of, you like the minis, but you just haven't seen the one you want. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, good. See, we we found the common ground, both. <laughs> Let's talk about Brian the Lion. Oh boy! I think we're going to be divisive on this one. I've got I've, I've got some uh, I've got some a few things to say about this one. So now Brian the Lion, interesting game. Uh, it was released in '94. Uh, it came on three discs or a CD. Now the uh, there were actually three sort of separate versions of this. Okay, and I actually played two of them. I played the the ECS and I played the AGA. I didn't play the CD32. Okay. Um, so, uh, the developer of this was Reflections, which we'll get back to them in a minute, but they're you know, pretty renowned. Mm-hmm. Uh, published by Psygnosis, a one-player platformer-type game, uh, multi-language. A lot of the people that worked on this didn't really do anything else, which I thought was interesting. They were only, they were really the only guy that, of, of the whole crew that worked on it, the only one that really did anything else on the Amiga was, was, what was the musician. He did a few other games, but most of the crew that worked on this game didn't like this. This weren't the same guys that would, had did some of the other reflection stuff on the Amiga, which I that was kind of surprising to me because uh, while they're not credited, I've got to think that some of the guys at the studio there at least showed them some stuff or passed along some info. They used some techniques. Mm-hmm. I'll get back to that. Um, so uh, again, I didn't play the CD32 version of this. But uh, just an FYI, which I found out is that that which one did you play? Did you play? All I'm pretty of them? sure I played the ECS OCS. Okay, version. the CD32 version is. I'll give them credit on this. They actually added some stuff to it when they released it. So there's all, there are the three all new mission levels where Brian the Lion has to hunt for treasure, free caged animals, and free a jammed bucket from the bottom of a well. There's Man, all, yeah, sign me up. I know. There's some new challenge levels. There's uh, these, and these challenge levels are like little like mini games, mm-hmm. basically. And then there's also um, a ton. There, it's got 40 CD tracks of music on it. 
So that which may be awesome, uh, I, but that's a that's a, you got to give them that. Sure. And something else that you get on the CD32 version that the other versions don't offer is the ability to save your game. Which in on the versions I play, which was the uh, the older ones, they don't they just use a password. You got a password, system, but yeah. on the on the uh, it's a it's a feature you don't really think about much on the CD32, but it does have a, a little bit of writable area there to save games. Mm, very interesting. Games. So that's, I was not aware of that. That was kind of yeah yeah yeah. So they didn't have external memory <laughs> cards on the CD32, not like a PlayStation. I don't. Was, I think uh, it just you, there was whatever little internal memory that it had wow, you could save through it, but still. You know, eh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's better than most CD32 conversions. Sure, sure. So, what's a, let's get the background of this game. This is another one of these. Yep, it's another one of these. Okay. <laughs> Chris the Crystal was kidnapped by Giza the Dragon and Ver. Ver's like the dragon's little buddy or minion or, or whatever. Yeah, his Igor. Brian the Lion has to go uh, take out Giza... To free Chris the Crystal. All right, this is not what I would call it. Uh, uh, You're not making me excited by well, this. I'm, setup. Just t- I'm just telling you, this is it. So um, <laughs> you have to go through a. Uh, I guess I would describe this as a, sort of a uh, Super Mario World style map area. There's an with, overworld map with a uh, uh, with branching paths mm-hmm. with a sort of a, 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 a zooming feature mm-hmm. on the map. You know, and it tells you where you're at, tells you where you can go, and then you, and then once you pick an area, the name comes up, and then you, and then you take off. So we had a cup of coffee with this uh, on last year's Amigathon, <coughs> 2017, and I remember uh, uh, when we played this that it was that it was hard. Okay, um, I was right. <laughs> this game was hard. Um, it's a it's your classic Amiga. That's not true. It's not Zool like. It's 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 a more console-ish, um, platformer game. I mean, it's it's pretty plat. It's pretty consolely more than like a a Zool or a or a Super Frog. You know, what I'm saying it's it's more traditional. I guess is what I'm saying. Where you play a line, you run through all, you run through the jungle, you go through a, a fire area. There's an ice area. I mean, I, they, they didn't reinvent the wheel on this one either. Uh, and you uh, go through water. You try to get, you try to just go level to level. I mean, it's it's not anything unusual. The graphics are a mixed bag uh, to me. Uh, the uh, Brian, the actual title character in the true tradition of the Amiga. Is a dork. I think he looks like. A t- Sorry, I know people. Maybe somebody loves this, but I think he looks stupid. Well, it's funny because the the uh, the instruction manual makes it very clear <laughs> that he gets all the babes. Well, I'm not sure if he, they're talking about human babes and some sort of weird, disgusting interspecies thing or lion babes. I don't know, but he just looks. I mean, D- does he look like he gets all the babes to you? You know, I thought about this game a lot as I was playing it, and I kept thinking to myself, "What am I looking at here?" Because this game is. There's parallax scrolling, and there's a, a ten or eleven levels of graphics, and there's fogging, and it's just you're just like, wow, look at this. I mean, look the backgrounds are so pretty, but the foreground was not that great. And I I thought about it. I'm like, this makes perfect sense. Okay, because what did Reflections do as a company? Let's look over their portfolio, okay. shall we? Now, Reflections uh, uh, still around, which I'll get to that in a moment. They were responsible for the Shadow of the Beast series. Awesome and Ballistics. Now, Awesome is a great game that's rock hard. Ballistics is a game I never got into. Shadow of the Beast, we've played all these Shadow of the Beast. And I think Brian the Lion is like a kiddified version of Shadow of the Beast with a few lessons learned. Now, I'm talk- and I'm talking graphically. It there are there are a lot of things that are, that call me back to Shadow of the Beast. The enemies, the way the enemies sort of die, they just sort of like, they don't, they explode. A lot of times they just kind of like stand still and just go away. You know, mm-hmm. just, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Am I wrong here? Like, uh, they, or they, they, this, they, they do the same things to do to Shadow of the Beast. The backgrounds, as beautiful as they are, and they're awesome looking. Uh, unlike Shadow of the Beast, where, the, where it had the awesome foregrounds, this one is, they've very kidified it up. So they were shooting for a certain market, I think, with this. And I think they were just taking, that's why it's hard, it's hard for me to believe that none of the guys that worked on Shadow of the Beast worked on this game because there it has a lot of similarities to the the way it 
the lion operates the, the I mean he's he he operates better than the Shadow of the Beast guy. It's an easier game than that. I'm not gonna put it in the same level as that. It's more playable than that. But it's like they learned a few lessons from Shadow of the Beast, kidified it, and this is what they came out with. Your thoughts? I completely disagree with everything you're saying. Oh man. Okay, let's hear what you have to say. I thought that this is one of the greatest Amiga games I've ever played. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're on different pages, all right. I did not think this was a hard game. I was able to progress all the way to the end of the first world, the first zone, and make it to the first boss. The bear. Without cheating. Yeah, I got there. Okay. Yeah. And it did, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, did I have to, did it take me a couple tries? Yeah, but it didn't take me hours and hours and hours. Now, here is the question. Did you use up for jump? I used up for jump. Because if I, I think if I would have had to use up for jump, I would have been more frustrated and I would not have been able to progress so quickly, so easily. I'm not as violently opposed to that as you are, though. I mean, I've played a lot of games with that in. And I, I will say, I thought the line controlled okay. I didn't think that, I didn't think, I mean, but because he had to. The platform in this thing is tough. I mean, and it's, and, and not only is it tough, but there are sections of the game that where you have to make blind jumps. And, and there are also sections where you have to have gotten there before to know what's going to happen. I'll, I'll give you an example. The very first level where you go across the water on the rafts. Like the very first time you go out there, you're just like, you don't have no idea what the heck's going on. It doesn't really help you that much. Uh, it, it, there are some pits that you can sort of go in. Some you can't. But, you know, you're boned. It's, you? it's an exploration platformer. You know, there is some trial and error in there. But yeah. they, there's nothing. There are not blind jumps in this like there are in Super Frog. No, uh, there's not blind jumps in this like there are in Zool. Um, this Different type of game. Though. It's a, it's not really. Well, not I mean, really at all. It, I was. I mean, this is not on that level. This is on the higher level. Absolutely. Okay. This is on the highest level. Uh, the, the guy, okay, the guy looks dopey. He He's looks a, like a dork. I mean, yeah. that's just the. You're, we've been playing Amiga games for a long time. We're used to dopey mascots. It's, it, I can't figure um, it out. But. The everything else about the game, including the dopey main character, is drawn very well. Um, you know, you look at the amount of animation in Brian as he moves, all the different parts of him that move when he moves. It's very impressive. The enemies are all very well done. They're very colorful. Even on the ECS OCS version, they're very colorful. I don't know what the difference was, to be honest with you, between that version and the AGA version. Um, it was it, the AGA version. I thought looked better. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I thought the the ECS OCS version looked pretty darn good. Oh yeah, it's not bad. Um, I'm just saying, it looked better. Another thing that makes this game great is there are plenty of opportunities for you to be able to extend your life. So in this game, you can see on the uh, on the HUD here, you've got your men, how many Brian's you've got. Then you've got a punch bag. I don't know, or not a punch bag, a boxing glove. And the boxing glove represents how many hits you can take. And you are able to quite easily build this thing up to seven or eight at a time. So you feel a little bit more secure in checking out different areas of the game. Here's another thing Brian does right. There's no time limit. Why would you put a time limit in an exploration platformer? There's no reason to have it. In Brian the Lion, it works differently. You've got a bonus timer that counts down, and if you reach the end by the, by the end, you get bonus crystals. There's a shop system in Brian the Lion. You collect crystals. You're not just collecting a random nonsense for no reason, like you are in every other Amiga platformer. In this game, you can buy upgrades for your character. Like you can, you, you can get a mighty roar. You can get something that helps you jump higher. And these things you can use to help you reach secret areas. There's only make three certain... things you can buy, right? Those two plus continues. No, there's or... there no. There's other things too. There's a super speed thing. Oh yeah, yeah. There's all right. yeah. There's at least three plus you can buy continues. Yeah. Okay, uh, the ability to buy continues. Would I rather they just put in continues? Yes, uh, I think having to buy continues is kind of lame. But that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I moved over to the uh, to the emulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started out on the Amiga 1200 and moved over to the emulator. I was like, "Well, we're going here." Um, so the the hidden areas there. Sometimes there's little signs that show you, like, "Hey, check out what's down here." Like a little arrow sign. It's not like freaking um, flood where you're jumping around randomly and you hear that, dunk, 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 and then you're in a hidden area. You have no idea. Maybe you're just lost. Um, so the music. 
This is my favorite music. Every stage has a different tune, and they're yeah. all great. They're all great. There's some of them are better than us. How many games have we played where it's the same freaking tune the well, whole I, game? I, I, listen, I, I, the music's okay. So I, the, and again, I didn't hear the CD music. So how how, how you can compare this to a kidified Shadow of the Beast? It's wrong on every level. No, it's actually if, if you if you think about it, it's it's dead on. <laughs> it's no. Listen, I'm not comparing this to Shadow of the Beast in terms of the gameplay. It's clearly been refined. Well, it's it's good graphics like Shadow it, of the Beast. That's what I mean. But I mean, it's I don't mean just it's got good graphics. I mean the graphics, the the way they're built is very similar. Uh, the, the the in fact there are there's a there's some bonus stages where like like another thing an underwater stage where there looks like you're in sort of a, a revolving half pipe of mm-hmm. graphics. That's another technique I've seen in those games. I think a lot of the techniques they use they use the NIS again. It was refined. They refined the gameplay. It's it's not it's better than Shadow of the Beast. But, I mean, in terms of gameplay, there's no doubt about that. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you can see that the same outfit produced the games. They have their they have a similar uh, uh, graphic styling, all right, and they also have similar uh, there are similarities in the way things move. Okay, all that aside, I agree with some of the stuff you said. The music was good. I like having a variety of music. Again, I don't. I can't comment on the CD music, but I'm. It was, I don't know if they. I'm assuming they actually used real music as opposed to. I don't think so. Well, I think, think they, they put did. It, they just put it all on the CD. You never know. Um, the uh, uh, so I, there are parts I like. There's a lot of stuff I, I just don't like though. Again, I, to me, it just got it got real hard. I, I thought. I mean, it's just me. I I, I mean, the storyline, of course, is dopey, but that's to be expected. The guy looks like such a dork, and something that would happen to me, and this guy would do it, and I'd be thinking, I understand, buddy. If you let the joystick alone for just a second, Mm -hmm. Brian Lyle would go like, and he looks so bored. Mm -hmm. I just thought, man, (laughs) you're reading my mind, dude. That's the way I felt. I was like, oh, man. And you're just trying these things, some of these things over and over again. I, skipped, I guess maybe it just, I skipped around. Did you how did you skip different levels and stuff? I used no. the codes. I did, and also I've got there were cheats to this too. In fact, I got a big wad of them here. So I skipped around and played the I played the level where you're at the fire lake. Mm-hmm. I played the levels where you're in the ice. Those levels on the ice should be taken out and shot. They're the worst, most hard. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Now you know. Let me let me just say that. I'm basing this on the first like eight levels of the game. So maybe the game gets incredibly hard. But again, how many Amiga platformers have we been able to progress through the first eight levels at all? Well, I said so I got to the I got to the very first boss, which I think was the bear. The bear. Which also was the bosses were lame. I didn't think that the bear was a doofusy looking guy. He looks like and one I, of the Song of the South guys. And I, he reminded me of the bear necessities. What's that guy from uh, Jungle Book? Uh-huh. That's who he reminds me. What's sure. that guy's name? Baloo. 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 That's it. Or Baba Booey. Welcome, Baloo. <laughs> um, I watched the whole game. I played all, most of the different levels, but then I watched someone play it. Mm-hmm. And this is the first game I think I've ever seen for long plays and stuff where no one. There were levels that I watched this guy. I was a Russian one. There is no long play completion of this, just a normal one. Mm-hmm. So I had to find this guy who did a live stream, and he got on this one level. It was a snow level, and he died like about fifty times. Oh my god! It was impossible. Mm-hmm. You know the way they've got this thing rigged up is ch- it's cheap, so cheap. Uh, uh, but and it, I haven't played it. I, I knew where he was coming from. I'm like, I want to see how this guy does this. Well, he doesn't. The ending guy on this, the, the the dragon guy, he looks like the bear, except they just swapped off the top of him and put a dragon oh, head on him. That's not. That's you less know, than you, ideal. So you didn't watch. The no, end, I didn't though. watch. Yeah. And the ending guy, it's you know, it it, it it like most of these end. But I mean, it's a big game. There's a lot of content. How I many like, discs did this ship on? Three. Three. Okay. Um, or a disc, and of course the disc has all that extra stuff. Mm-hmm. There are these bonus levels you can go to. I'm guessing yeah. you got to at least went one to or a bonus two level. Of these. I thought that was a nice touch. I instantly died. <laughs> Every time I'd go there, I'd try the cloud one. There was a water one. There was another one. Uh, the uh, but I mean, it's all about. Pin, I mean, you have to have pinpoint yeah. accurate jumping in this. Mm-hmm. You have, but to. you know, even though that's the case, I didn't feel like the controls were bad. So I can forgive a certain amount of like pixel perfect jumping if I feel like I'm truly in control of the character. I thought the level design was a little just. It, Listen, it's just too much of this. Too much of that. Like Mario, for example, I know we're, that's a real stretch, but you can't. You don't need to have so much pinpoint accuracy with the jumping. That's sure. It's just too much. Yeah. It was too much for me. Now, if I'm a hardcore NES kid mm-hmm. who lives in like Brent, for example, yeah. he's a big geek. Mm-hmm. He would probably like this thing because this is right up his alley. Yeah. Maybe I'm too old. I don't know. 
there are things that could have done to make this more fun for me. They could have made the guy look like less of a geek. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not aimed at me. It's aimed at kids. I can understand that. Now, yeah. And my kid watched me play this and was amused by the guy. Mm-hmm. So Right, right. You know, there you go. And this was definitely in the heyday. I mean, 94, you're still talking about, you know, you had your, this was the the, the zenith of the, the platforming genre with the mascot. Crash Bandicoot does not look real awesome either, you know. Well... I like Crash more than this, needless to say. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Do you? It's a lot more fun. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, we were talking about this, the, the bonuses you can get in this. I actually have wrote them down here. So you've got, uh, uh, you can get uh, life points, backup points, extra lives, uh, and then the teleporter to billion, whatever that is. Turbalon. Is that, how, what is that? It's a watch, it's a watch uh, thing. Turbalon. Yeah. That's pretty high end. I mean, yeah. Is that something everyone knows but me? Again, it's the it's the awesome British <laughs> thing of alliteration. They had to have something that started with a T. And then when you go to the stores, you can get speed. I was wrong, I was wrong. There's four things. Great speed, royal roar, monstrous jump, or continues. Uh, so that's what you can get. Um, what can you say about this game? Where do I put it in the pantheon of... of well, let me tell you some of the things, because I don't want to be 100% positive about it. Okay? okay. There there were some things that I didn't like. All right. Let's see. Um, I thought that the, the your character was always a little bit too close to the center of the screen. Uh, I would have rather seen more of the surrounding area and less of... Uh, basically you spent, you know, about half of the screen is like, if you're in a level that's not a water level, you're seeing just rock below you, you know, yeah. rather than other stuff. Sometimes when you jump, you'll be like, oh, I'm in a cave. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that the enemies, even though the enemies look good, they just, they don't, there's no, um, they, they don't have attack patterns. They just meander back and forth. And in that way, it is sort of, well, no, even Shadow of the Beast, there was stuff that was bouncing they, they around and stuff patterns. like that. I'm just yeah. the way they die, it's what it reminds me um, of Shadow the Beast. And the, the thing about these enemies is I sort of felt bad killing them because they don't want to hurt you at all. They've got a path that they walk back and forth. Yeah. And there's some of these guys, they look like all right dudes. Some like of these guys just look, look just like him. Yeah. <laughs> when I first got to those guys, I'm like, do I attack these guys? Well, heck yeah, you kill them, right, guys. Right, And so, you know, I thought that they could have done more work to make the enemies seem a little bit more That's like enemies. Amiga tradition. This is kind of these blase enemies, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that it was a missed opportunity. You've got a lot of these little uh, sort of weenie enemies that you can kill all at once by jumping on their heads. There's no score multiplier, you know. When you've got like six of those, you should be able to hit. And when you hit the seventh, it's a one up. You know, yeah. again, that's a, that's a Mario thing. Yeah. But they should have looked at that. It was ninety four. Yeah, it had yeah, been yeah, done. I agree. Um, there's no ending to the stages, you know. You and run, it's yeah. like Sonic. They're gonna run off. But no, it's even worse than Sonic because at least in Sonic. Sonic, you hit a sign and it spins. That's what he does. Yep, man, I'm not gonna play that again. And so, Brian the Lion, you basically you're like you run off the side of the screen and you're like, oh, that's the end of the stage. Yeah, you're you're right. That's true. I mean, you don't know. The only way you know at the end of the stage is there is like there's nothing else there. Right. It's like, well, I gotta leave. So again, a missed opportunity. Um, Your weapon, your your mighty claw swipe. Yeah, it's is yeah, it's no good. It's a defensive weapon only. You, Again, you, it reminds me of the Shadow of the Beast guy. And that right. Punch. You, like, you wait for the enemy to approach you. When it gets close enough, you hit it. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be able to get out there and be offensive. And you have to have your timing down on that, too. And some guys take multiple hits. And, they, and a lot of the dumb bad guys just wander around. And they'll just keep wandering at you. You're like, ah! And you might ask yourself, can Brian the Lion kneel and swipe? And you'd answer yourself, no, he cannot. For reasons unknown. Because he can jump and swipe. But if he wants to get down low to a low enemy... No, a lot of people doing. don't know the lions cannot kneel. Oh, they, what? Have, they have no knees. Mm, interesting. That's an interesting That's fact. I, I think Stay I, tuned for Insert Disc Two. We're going to do a whole Animal Facts podcast. I'm going to do like a man. Wild Kingdom thing. <laughs> I can wrap a python around you oh, while you man, do it too. Hey. <laughs> this is a G show, boat. Um, and so uh, anyway, you know, it's it's it definitely is not a perfect game, but I always compare things. You know, this is in the realm of Amiga platformers. This is this is literally, and I don't I don't kid you. This is right underneath Adam's family. This is number two. Well, you know I can't figure you out sometimes. I cannot figure you out. I hate to bring this old chestnut back up, but I think Lionheart's one of the all time great platforming games. It's certainly one of the top one or two on the Amiga. And why you hate it so much? It's got everything. It's unique. It's got awesome. It's got okay. The bad good guys are dork, but but 
He's not as dorky as this guy. He's got a sword. He's got he's got a better attack than this guy. Not much better. But the bad guys look better. The music's just as good. The graphics are better. Everything's better. And you kill that. Okay, game. so if you if you if you want to if you want to bring out the old chestnut, I'll, I'll go over I my. Can't, I mean, this, you're telling me this is better than Lionheart. This is this is the this, the list of grievances. The official boat of car list of grievances against Lionheart. One, you attack differently in Lionheart than any other platforming game ever made, where pushing the button does not make you attack. You put you, you push the button in conjunction with the joystick. Right. Maneuver. Two actions where one would have been plenty. Okay. Number number hey, two. He can kneel. Number two. The jumping is terrible. You never feel like you you understand what's going on with the jumping. You, like it's 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 not it's disagree. not smooth. I think it's perfectly fine. Okay, and the, my biggest gripe with Lionheart, to be honest with you, is the stages are too long. They're they've got an element of verticality to them, and you you immediately get lost because you're not sure if you're supposed to be going up and right or up and it's left. An exploration platform. It is, but it's poorly designed. No, it's greatly designed. But I will concede. I'll give you this concession. They could have had uh, 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 shorter levels, or at least break the levels up. Yeah. I'll give you that. Now, and, and my final one is totally subjective, but I prefer, I much prefer a game with the more cute aesthetic than the more sort of gritty. See, that's a personality. You know, really. and then See, that, I'm, a ba- I'm kind of a bad dude. You are. I'm a cool guy. You're, 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 you're both the baddest and the coolest that's guy. That's true, and then you're sort of this sort of... Uh, you know, you're more of a millennial sort of a yeah happy go lucky. No, I didn't say that, but just more like a uh, you know love everyone, happy go lucky. That's true. Hugs all around. School teacher, every nice day. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like you know I work in prisons. Yeah. I want to smack a guy. You punch people several times a day. And yeah, I can't deny it. You know, sometimes I punch people so, that I work with. You know, I can I can see how a game like Lionheart that would appeal to your your sort of I mean, mentality. Maybe it's, this one, the, it's again, it's I mean, I don't I can play a kidified game if it's I mean, again, this is not a bad game. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just burying this game. You know, all Lionheart aside, it's just it it it, it was too hard for me. I don't like that much jumping. I used to play this game on the NES. It was called Wizards and something. Wizards and Warriors. This game was that game is out of control with the jumping. You, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, about? absolutely. This game reminded me of that. Now this the one thing that one had was there were a lot more like going. It's up, a vertical up, game, up. yeah. But I mean, it was still really tough. To be honest with you, this game reminds me most of this is uh you know if you want to talk console games, this game is similar to BC Kid. In my mind, and this game is also similar to Adventure Island. In my, I mind. like BC Kid better. Than Both this. those games are better than this, but that's what I think of when I think of this game. In yeah. and, and Donkey Kong Country too, of course, you can't. One thing I should mention before we wrap this up, because I want to talk about this, because it's kind of it's just kind of neat to me that they're that they're still around. So, Reflections, we all know. We just talked about what they did on the Amiga. Uh, did you know that not only are they still around, but they've been responsible for some of the biggest series of game modern games. I couldn't believe this crap. So get this. I'm, I mean, you may know this. I know uh, I don't. Whatever okay. you're going to tell me, I don't know. So get this. Okay, so uh, event, uh, uh, Reflections has been bought and, uh, and rebought a couple times, right? So in in 99, they got acquired by GT Interactive. Remember GT Interactive? Mm-hmm. And then eventually, they ended up getting picked up by Ubisoft, right? So now they're called Ubisoft Reflections. Okay. okay. So get this. These guys did the Shadow of the Beast series, mm-hmm. okay? They did the Driver series, uh, which was uh, you know pretty popular. Yeah, the Driver they, with the with the three in it. Till they That's killed it dead. Three, yeah. I'm pretty sure they did that Stunt Driver game, which was awesome. I remember playing that at Jamie's, where you sort of reenact these movie mm-hmm. things. They also did the Destruction Derby series. I know you love that. It was until until uh, uh, Test Drive Eve of Eve Destruction. Destruction came out. That was my favorite auto destruction. Well, that and Carmageddon. They did the they did a, they did a ton of just dance which I'm gonna forgive them for that but get this they're doing all the new Far Cries and they did those those Watchdog games everybody loved wow that's Remember that? quite well, the some pedigree. people liked them and so I mean they're making stuff right now and it's AAA mega stuff like they're Ubisoft like they did like Tom Clancy games and stuff too so these guys rose you know from the Amiga to do some t- they're still doing top tier stuff so and you can see why again. No matter what you think of this game from a gameplay perspective, it's a unique, you know, game. Uh, it's a uh, it, well, that's not true. It's a unique looking game. It's pretty much. I don't want to say this, but I mean, if this was on a console, it would just be another generic. Right? Am I wrong here? No. But I mean, that, we've talked about this before. There's yeah. a lot of games. If you look at them in, in the, if you look at these games in the uh, 
in the in the bubble of Amiga. You can judge them like that. But I mean, and, and the Amiga does some games way better than a console mm-hmm. would, right? But when it comes to platformers, probably eight, nine times out of ten, you could take one of those games and plop it on a on a, a Genesis or or a Super Nintendo, and you're just gonna it's just gonna be yeah average and that's the way i look at this is I, i've tried to look at it within the realm yeah. of the amiga because I mean, if you you know it, we talked this out outside the show one time mm-hmm. and it is but i mean it is what it is and even the manual makes reference to the fact that it calls out all the bullet points did you read the manual uh, well the book the manual i read was not very long oh. it was just like it's like here's how you load this stuff and here's what you can okay, do if blah, you blah, if blah. you're here's something else if you're just reading the transcription on lemon the uh, lemon transcriptions leave all the cool stuff no, I, out. No, what I saw was it was a digitized PDF one. Okay. Hall of Light. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's the one. That's the um, one that I was looking at. It wasn't at. very long. This it, one it was in like different languages. Is that the one? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I messed that up. Okay. But um, but anyway, it's like we've got colorful characters. We've got wacky enemies. We've got parallax. There's nothing the Amiga can't do that consoles can do. They actually said that in the manual, so you could tell by '94 everybody was feeling a little everybody scared. Everybody was getting the complex. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know is, were they right? Can the Amiga do anything that uh, you know? We 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 just did a we just did a game on ARG. It was called the uh, Una. What was it called? Una the Unicycle game. Unirace or okay. Unirally in the UK. It was the it was done by DMA. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all know them. They ended up becoming Rockstar after a while. But I mean, another Amiga. You know, they did a ton of good Amiga stuff. And this game was pretty simple. I mean, the, and it looked straight up like an Amiga game. The mm-hmm. backgrounds were that sort of. Uh, you know, we've seen those backgrounds with just kind of a shadowy bunch of shapes yeah, in the background. It's very abstract, like, like, a, like a demo sort of thing. And then they had, a, and then you had your unicycle, and you had like the track, mm-hmm. and that was it. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, the Amiga could have probably done this game. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there are some console games that I guarantee you we could have done on the Amiga, mm-hmm. uh, especially the AGA chipset. Mm-hmm. And the, and the backgrounds and the parallax on this are top shelf. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. At the end of the day, when I judge it on the gameplay, it just it would be like you know Acro the Bat or one of these other crazy mm-hmm. you, know, you know games that are long forgotten. Nutsy, nuts, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, people seem to like this. Oh, I should get to that. So this game reviewed pretty well as as we bury it. Um, I didn't bury it. He buried it. I heard him. Amiga Concept. How about that? Have we ever talked about that magazine? Before? Every week, it's like there's a new Amiga Dream. I don't I'm remember guessing, that one I'm either. Guessing, I'm guessing Amiga Concept's French. 81% Amiga Dream. That sounds like a song. Yeah. 93%. Amiga Joker. They hate everything over Germany with this. But not this one. 78%. Amiga User International. 87%. And the one, tough. they're tough. Mm-hmm. 79%. Now, uh, Lemon gave this gave the OCS ECS of this one, a 7.18 and the AGA a 7.54. So pretty good. Well, let's talk about that because every week, you know, you read the Lemon score and you're like, that's pretty good. It leads me to believe that Lemon is overinflated all of their scores because we've never played a game on this podcast that's been below a seven on Lemon. I bet we have because we I didn't start doing that until recently. But I will say this: uh, the Lemon people, I think they do a good job of scoring. Like. Seven point seven point one for this game. I wouldn't be too far away from that. That's not bad. It's a decent game, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I, I think the limit people. I, I respect their opinion. Unlike Boat, email all your email all your comments. <laughs> all John, I'm saying you know? is that you know I think on limit a lot of times people seek out their favorite games, type in tens, and then leave the site. Listen, if you read, do you ever get on International Pinball Database? To no. read the reviews of pinball machines? No, not really. All kinds of people do exactly what you said. They get on there and they love their machine. I own this machine. I bought it back in 1978. Blah blah. The people in Lemon, I think, are a fair bunch. And if you, a lot of them re- will write little mini reviews. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty fair for the okay, most part. Okay. So that's just me. Okay. Um, so I looked this up on eBay. Now, um, here's another one. I didn't see any uh, uh, U.S. copies of. Although I did get to play it, so I guess I don't know if they ever had one or not. So, I saw a lot more CD32 versions than anything else. Germany, and these things are kind of pricey. Mm. Um, <coughs> excuse me, Germany, CD32 version, 90 bucks. And uh, there's a CD32 version complete, right? 231 bucks. In the UK, I saw uh, CD32 for 80 bucks. These prices are pretty high. Now, what have they sold for? I saw one that had sold for 30 bucks. That was a CD32 version. I saw a boxed ECS version that had sold for 30 bucks. So those are amongst the higher 
prices we, that we see for these games, 30 bucks and up, that's, that's pretty pricey. I mean, and so, you know, I don't know how well this game sold. It came out, you know, late, 94. Mm-hmm. That was kind of late in the game, so I don't know how many they sold. So maybe they're kind of rare. I don't know how it did. This was not ported. I don't know if that means anything. Uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe they were, uh, did, maybe they didn't think it was good enough. Maybe they didn't think the Enos could, could run it. Who knows? But it, And you would think they would have ported something like this. Because right. Shadow of the Beast got ported to everything. So there you go. Maybe it just didn't do well. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. There you go, Bo. All right. Well, Aaron, um, every week we talk about how great it would be if everyone listening right now would write us a review on iTunes. I know. That's what we talk about every week. We <laughs> every talk. week, every week. How good would it be, Boat? Well, we got two new iTunes reviews this week. Uh, the first one comes from Tricky X, a.k.a. Oh, Retro yeah. Tech and Toys, new Patreon supporter. Name. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little tidbit there. They call me Tricky <laughs> X. Okay, okay. Um, well, he says... Uh, this show is the pinnacle intersection of banjo playing hillbilly antics and Amiga gaming. It's <laughs> pretty accurate. Oh, I need a jug. With That's right. Written on there. Yeah, well, that would fit right in with your uh, persona. Uh, I've been listening since day one and look forward to each new show every week. The banter back and forth really makes the show and song at the each and the song at the end of each episode. Well. You'll just have to listen and find out for yourself. Oh, man. So, that sounds like a threat. I rate this show five golden Amigas. Five? Yeah. I'd like to have a golden Amiga. We also got a review from uh, also new Patreon supporter Howard Nibs from the UK. Um, he says, I only discovered this podcast a few months ago, and I've been working my way through the back catalog. Uh, the banter between the hosts is fantastic, and it ticks all the boxes for a modern Amiga podcast. Once I am caught up, I think I will have to sign up to their Patreon and get my name sung out every week. And Howard, you did it. Good so, job, Howard. Yeah, you're coming up soon. Get ready. Um, Aaron, before we go, I did want to uh, remind all of our listeners that we do have an Amigos swag shop. Uh, you can see Aaron's modeling one of our lovely tees. Uh, if you go over to teespring.com... And uh, just look for Amigos Retro Gaming. If you just if you just find that, uh, you can see all of the great designs that we've got here. I'm going to pull it up here and, and show it off to all of you. It's actually teespring.com/stores/amigosretrogaming with hyphens in between those. Yeah, I wish we had a more easily rememberable thing, but uh, we have some we have some new designs. I haven't even seen in, some of these. Yeah, They're in, brilliant. In addition to uh, the Amigos are scum shirt that, Ama- <laughs> that, that, that Aaron is wearing, uh, we also we have scum. a uh, brand new for the summer World of Tanks t-shirt, which is an original design that's got the World of Tanks game logo with uh, a bunch of tank mice rolling about the battlefield and a menacing Walker Amiga in the background. So uh, we you're, got you're that. You're base on that game. And uh, one of our uh, one of our newest, most popular designs is this Amiga in Japan shirt, which has uh, a bunch of different Amiga models, and then the Commodore Amiga spelled out in cool Japanese. Ooh, characters. I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah, swanky. So, uh, if you want to support the show and clothe yourself in elegance and style, check out our store, Teespring.com/store/amigos-retros-gaming. We've got a we've got a couple listeners from Japan. We do, yeah. we do. So, we appreciate them one yeah. and all. All right, Aaron, it's time to discuss last week's Patreon song challenge. I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, uh, Did I get it last you week? You did not get it, and I must admit, it was not one of my better performances. It wasn't up to the usual standard. I thought you stubbed your toe. But you were singing, <laughs> man. Last week's song was Hey Jealousy by... Oh, the Gin Blossom. Right. Right. I don't know why I know that. Um, so uh, that was what I attempted to sing. We got no... That's what you sang? We got no listeners. I'm going to go back and re-listen to that. You'll have to go back. That, it, I know you struggled at the beginning yeah, mightily. Yeah. It, it was one of those things that worked out. You know, I never actually practice it before I do it because that don't? would ruin the that moment. That is stunning. Um, but in my mind, as I was singing it in my mind, it was uh, it was, it was was glorious. I, mean, I, hate, I, I hate to be in your mind. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. This is the uh, the new song for this week. Hopefully, now, I'll, I'll do better. Where is this one? Obscurity scale. This right? one is. This one is. Well, hey, jealousy. I don't know how big the, it was. A huge song here, um, but I don't know how big it was overseas. This is a worldwide sensation. Okay. So if you do not get this one, it is entirely on me. Um, 
<laughs> it's always that. <laughs> what are you it's talking about? It's not the listener's fault. My God. <laughs> so if you know the uh, the name of this tune, then you can uh, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will read your name in a glorious fashion on the air as the winner of the Amigos Patreon Song Challenge next week. All right. All right. <clears throat> Kyle Etter, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zodare, and Lomax, calling for one nine, Bark Bit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf Killan, Alan Kebabche, Cote, Level. Lord. John Marshall, Matthew Perone, and Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefford Sorgard Monson, Ed Van Helen, Blindo 75, Christopher Hessel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Fox, Dreamcatcher, Laurent Giroux, Graham Vebke, Brent Audi, Landon Sullivan, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kibob, Anthony Jarvis, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rouleau, T.H.T. Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Homestead, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wands, Pixels at Dawn, Kjolbjorn Barman. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Well, you were all over the map. It's like you took a D. Is this a, if someone made a D20 chart of, <laughs> of different levels of singing, that was what you just did. Just randomly did it. Well, tell me that's a song. That's a song, believe it or not. I can't believe it. Until next time, guys, we'll see you next week. Adios. Yeah.